Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. It is time on WDEV for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today is brought to you by The Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington. One call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menards, family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies and more in Wastefield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. Vermont's largest independent home center. Go to sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. By PR Lumber, Route 15 in Wolcott. Family milled lumber for all your projects. See them on Facebook. By Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations in Vermont to serve you. If it eats and grows, Guy's can feed it. Guy'sFarmandYard.com. By Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel. Find them online at dandelionacres.com. Peter is here to hear your garden comments and to answer gardening questions. Don't hesitate to call 802-244-1777. And here is the author of Year-Round Indoor Salad Gardening. Here's Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. Hey, well, it's it's quite the day out there. I drove through sun and, and rain, and um, I was looking for a little hail there, here or there, but no, no hail. Well, we'll see if our mailman uh, drops off anything today. See if he lives <laughs> up to the motto of uh, the postal service, or did or, or did uh, the the head honcho at DeJoy say, "Yeah, stay home. It's a lousy." Day. <laughs> that's a, Maybe so. Yeah, <laughs> that's a political statement, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Is it hail or mail, right? right. Or hail <laughs> right. is the mail. Oh, there you go. Thinking. Well, um, so uh, I'm sure you've been reading the weather all all morning anyway. Um, and uh, we are expecting some rather cool um, nights over the week here. And uh, maybe in the 40s. And just reminding uh, you guys and uh, the gardeners here in, in central Vermont anyway that it might be a good idea to um, have a hoop house put on your basil, your eggplants, and your your peppers because um, when it hits below 55, that kind of stymies their, their growth and their, their flowering. So um, I'm putting plastic on my hoop house on our – on our um, um, on our peppers and eggplants and basil, and that's about the only thing that I worry about. Uh, the tomatoes are pretty well adjusted; they've come fine. Uh, they've been hit pretty hard with flea beetles this year, and um, usually I just ignore the flea beetles, but uh, I'm going to give them a spray 
you have a caller? Oh, I got a uh, good friend on the line. Uh, oh. Fella that uh, tends to roast chestnuts on an open fire. But, oh. uh, I don't know if that's his topic today, but Terry <laughs> down in Springfield. Hey, Here we Terry. go. Yeah. <laughs> Hi there. Hello. Well, uh, what do you know about amaryllis? Um, is, got, is, is it in a pot or is it in the... Yes, they're in little pots. They're, well, I brought them in last fall. Yeah. And let them go dormant. Uh-huh. And uh, they stayed asleep and they're still asleep. Oh. And I put them outside and I water mm. them just enough so to keep mm. them damp. Mm. Uh, and I've got one that started sprouting up a blossom stem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's up about an inch and a half and it just sits there. Yeah. And another one just sprouted a leaf about half an inch and it just sits there. Oh, okay. So they, they aren't actually dead then. They're, they're Oh, no, the bulbs are firm. The bulbs and, are and, firm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So well, I don't know. This is the first time this has ever happened to me, but uh, mm. I've got about eight of them. Yeah, usually... Different yeah, usually they're all along their way by now. That's for sure. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm thinking I'm just going to put them in the ground, and let them be free mm. uh, range like chickens. Free. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't that? laid any eggs yet, have they? <laughs> no, uh, no. They just uh, the mother produced several different offspring <laughs> over the years, but uh, yeah, and then one or two of them have produced offspring as bulbs do. But yeah. other than that, no. No. So I, I I just am perplexed. I, I, I what's just, what's the medium you're growing them in? Just a, a potting soil, garden soil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have fertilized them a couple of times with some liquid five ten ten, but mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't seem to encourage them any more than just plain water. Hmm. So it's, it's a mystery. And, and I you I, kept I, them in the basement over the winter. Uh, well, in the kitchen. Oh, in the kitchen, yeah. Hmm. Which is mo- moderately w- warm, not overly warm. But not overly, warm. yeah, good, good. And kept them moist enough, so and they they've they've survived. Uh, but here we are into the middle of June, and they still haven't yeah, uh, they haven't really taken off. Taken off, and I just have never seen this happen before. Yeah, it's a, it is a little mystery. Usually, they're right off uh, first thing, first hint of spring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think probably unless you have another idea, I, I'm going to take and put them in the ground itself. Yeah. Well, it couldn't absolutely couldn't hurt anything. Yeah, par- uh, in a partial partial shade area, which which I think they like best. Yeah. Yeah, they're not. I don't think they're for the bright lights. Um, it is a little cool this weekend, so you might want to just <laughs> wait. <laughs> I'm going to wait. I, I'm, well, they're outdoors. I think I'll bring them for the weekend. I'm, yeah. I'm actually headed up to Bakersfield this afternoon. So uh-huh. Put them in the window. It, yeah. It's certainly not going to be any warmer up there than it is here. I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were. Roger's talking about about 40s, you know, and that's uh, that's pretty cool. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, it does happen. Um, yep. Okay. Well, I'll let you go, and, and uh, we'll see what All happens. Right. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. I, I'd, it, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll have to I'll think that to one through, but I can't, right now I can't think of anything that you're doing this that might might have changed it. But well, if anybody out there knows anything about yeah. Amaryllis and has yeah. suggestions, uh, yeah, absolutely. I can let you know on the program, and I'll be listening. Yeah. All okay, right. guys, you you've got Take the care. question of the day. We need some help here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very good. Well, take care. Yeah, take care. Stay warm. Yep, you too. Bye-bye.
my amaryllis is the same way, I, but I, I've approached it with benign neglect, uh-huh. and uh, it uh, came up earlier this year. And then um, when my brother sent it as a gift, he sends one every year. And oh, yeah. I, keep it, I keep them as live as long as I can, but another family member gets them as well from my brother, uh-huh. and uh, they're able to just have them blooming beautifully. I, yeah. It may be a matter of yeah. attitude. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. I, I just I just let them sit there and, and vegetate, which is what plants do. I think. Yeah. So I thought there was just one big blossom on the amaryllis. Oh no, there uh, could be five or six. Oh sometimes. really? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Uh, uh, that's uh, sort of my wife's department is the, the flowers. So I enjoy them, but uh, I don't get involved in the growing them too much. I, I annoy people around me by referring to it as the sarsaparillas. It's not sarsaparillas. A, it's an amaryllis. <laughs> sarsaparillas are very – I love sarsaparillas. You can't buy them anymore. We have a – at least I don't think so. Um, uh, we have a caller on the line. I hope, I hope it's not a uh, creditor. <laughs> no. Hello, uh, I just have a question about earwigs. You seem to have a lot of them around this year. First, first name in town, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My name's Kevin. I'm from North Faston. Hey, Kevin. Uh, yeah, earwigs can be, uh, and they do go in cycles. You know, you won't you won't find a problem with them for very year, and then all of a sudden you're just inundated with them. Um, yeah. There's a couple of things that you you can do, of course. Uh, having a, is this in the garden or around the house? Uh, in the garden, mm-hmm. in the soil. Oh, okay. You, you dig and you see several of them in there. They're not real big yet. They're kind of small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this morning I moved a milk can I have out here in the driveway. Yeah. And there's a, hundreds of them underneath that. So I wonder what you recommend to put on those to take care of them. Well, uh, yeah, it's interesting because I was just talking to um, uh, one of the folks at work. She had a problem with ants in her garden which generally aren't a problem, uh, but they can be. And uh, I, I was recommending uh, for those the diatomaceous earth, and I would do the same thing for the earwigs using the diatomaceous earth. And uh, the I don't know if you're familiar with it as a the product, but it's uh, ground up uh, seashells. And... and and I would uh, go ahead and sprinkle that around uh, the garden, just uh, wherever you're seeing them. Chances are it's, it's all around. But one of the things you have to, to watch for, uh, of course, is places where they they like to hide and breed. And that, you know, if you have anything, you know, chunks of wood around or any kind of a, a trash, you know, you want to uh, keep that away as much away from the uh, and out of the garden as possible. And it's, it's one of the reasons that, uh, that I'd like to, I do usually recommend that people use those permanent paths around their beds. Um, do you, do you have any kind of a border around your garden? That's Well, I had some uh, fabric cloth down and, yeah. and uh, I had a piece of wood over that, a log. Yeah. Just a small pole and they seem like that area, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And uh, down where we keep tomatoes, we have a, curb there that's a six by six mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there seem to be quite a few around down there this year yeah. usually yeah. Uh, don't notice that many but. yeah once they once they find a spot of course they'll populate it but try the diatomaceous or first Alrighty. um and then uh if that doesn't work you can bring out the pyrethrum or the uh the neem um pyrethrum would probably be more effective against those guys 
Um, and they do go in cycles, but uh, in order to to encourage them uh, uh, to leave, <laughs> you basically you have to find out where they're nesting and where the different nesting sites are, and then go ahead and treat it there. Okay. And uh, well, yeah, they're they're nasty little guys. Uh, they don't really eat a lot, you know. So yeah. the, it's sort of like ants, generally speaking. They're they're not all that harmful. Sort of like uh, the flea beetles, you know. They make big holes in the tomatoes, but they don't actually yeah. set them back too much. Okay. Anything else, Kevin? How's your garden well, going? Oh, we haven't been really. Pushing that too hard. We got some tomatoes in and some mm-hmm. uh, potatoes in. Mm-hmm. We're kind of laid back and mm-hmm. not really ambitious. We, oh. But uh, come along, some. Yeah, we need yep. to we need to be more aggressive than we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, the important part is: Are you enjoying the tomatoes and the potatoes? That's that's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, right. How many potatoes yeah. do you grow? Uh, uh, just a mound of. Uh, Topsoil I had brought in a couple of years ago and uh-huh. planted a bunch of our old potatoes that started you, to sprout. And you literally have a hill of potatoes, huh? <laughs> yeah, basically. It's like probably eight-foot diameter. Oh, yeah. Circular and yeah. Well, don't forget to hill them in the hill. It's about time to do the first yep. or first hilling, you know, or they're up. Right. Uh, how far are they up? Uh, six well, inches? Probably eight? six, eight, six, eight yeah. inches. Yeah, so you want to yep. start with that first hilling. Okay. You know, and uh, and and the I don't know why. The reason is you don't want the potatoes uh, to get hit with the sun. So right, yeah. makes them turn greenish. Yep, yep. yep. Not very. To, uh, all right. Um, all right. Well, in, well, thank in, you guys, and we enjoy your listening to your show. <laughs> well, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate that. Um, okay, so then we have. Uh, is that um Stuart in Worcester. Oh Stuart. Okay, good. Stuart. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm I'm hoping that you can give us a lesson this morning <laughs> on uh what I'm gonna call winter cabbage. Oh. I've just I've just planted some cabbage seeds so that I'll have starts to put in and you know, I'm wondering, you know, what I should aim for for the right time. when, when do you when do you put starts in the garden for well, winter winter cabbage? You know the kind yeah, that you yeah. can make nope. uh, sauerkraut out of, and maybe yeah. keep a little while. In well, the, you're right on time. You know, uh, if you if you have your starts now, um, mm-hmm. generally uh, cabbage runs about sixty days. You've got about ninety days left, so um, this is a good time to get started for sure. Yeah, you know, I'm looking, and, uh, thinking of. Uh, harvesting, you know, toward the end of September or into October. Yep, they'll Is take that up for a us. reasonable yeah. expectation. Yep, that's a reasonable expectation, and uh, that's that's good timing because that's when you can make your sauerkraut and yep. um, um, and they'll take a, a frost um, during October too. Uh, the uh, if you if you want. To, to if you haven't you said you started some already right right I, well I've just just planted those seeds my goodness they're they're small seeds yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know like a poppy seed they're pretty yeah. small yeah yeah but uh, they they'll uh, they'll come up pretty quickly um, and uh, so you've got um, 
If you haven't, I was going to say, uh, I usually, right about this time, so I'll plant uh, my uh, uh, Chinese cabbage. And I just plant those from seed mm-hmm. uh, right about now. Um, but that's not really a good uh, sauerkraut if that's really what you want right, it for. Right, right. And it's yeah. not as good a, a storage uh, um, vegetable mm-hmm. as the cabbage is. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, my soil is is just terrible. It's Mm-hmm. Mostly clay and rocks, mm-hmm. and I've been yeah. rototilling leaves and mm-hmm. green grass into it for mm-hmm. four or five years, and mm-hmm. it's, it's actually starting to look like yep. dirt, but there's still a lot of hard <laughs> clumps of clay. Uh, mm-hmm. So I that's why I'm not direct seeding, why oh, yeah. I'm starting them in the house. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I I just would have to, on a side note, just let you know that uh, the best way to deal with that, in fact, uh, nobody really has perfect garden soil anywhere in the U.S. except maybe Idaho. And uh, that's something you have to make. Um, yeah. So that's why I recommend the, the boxes, you know, 4x4 four four or 4x8, four whatever, mm-hmm. and and uh, giving yourself uh, the perfect soil. Just six inches is all you need, uh, the mm-hmm. peat moss, vermiculite, and compost. Yeah. And that gives you a, a, a good seed bed to start your stuff in. Um, you could start them right in that in that garden board. But if you're, as you say, it's not very good, then what you're doing is the right way to go mm-hmm. about I'm just, it. I'm wondering, mm-hmm. you know, what I can uh, expect from the transplants in in soil that's heavy. I'm I'm mm-hmm. actually just, you know, gouging out a. <laughs> Yeah. A row and well, putting uh, potting soil in it in yeah. the garden. Right, right. That's that's the way to go. Is, um, yeah. is just make sure it's about six inches deep, maybe even that around for each plant. Uh, yeah. Fill it with the uh, with that uh, the potting soil that has a vermiculite or perlite in it mm-hmm. and some compost in there. And then uh, don't forget to feed them. You do have to feed them. They're heavy feeders. So, oh, good. Yeah. Good advice. Um, and with those guys, uh, I would recommend actually uh, putting aside, uh, you know, dressing around the plant of the the sluggo because the the slugs just absolutely love to crawl into cabbage heads and and uh, uh, live there. Mm-hmm. So um, and it's a it's a pretty ugly sight when you're doing your sauerkraut when you have oh, yeah. to over that. So yeah. Uh, so put the the logo in there when you're doing your fertilizer, and you fertilize it every couple of weeks, actually, or or use a, a, f- a liquid fish or mm-hmm. a combination of fix, fish and seaweed, and you'll have some nice cabbages for sure. Well, let me just uh, make a side comment. Sure. Tangent on something you mentioned. Yeah. Have you ever been to Hadley, Massachusetts? <laughs> I, I have been to Hadley. Yes. Uh, you know the. <clears throat> The soil there is 15 feet. It's the Nile Delta. If you drop tomato seeds on the ground, you have to step back. Yeah, my son went to school down in uh, Northampton, to, in, in yeah. Hemp, you know. So yeah. in and uh, uh, so yes, they have beautiful soil down there. Yeah, yeah. It's not so in Vermont, though. <laughs> oh, I understand, but you know, I'm making progress. So. Yeah. Thank you for thank well, you for your advice. Try the beds. I think you you will yep. be pleasantly surprised at how well they do with that. Yep. Great. Thanks. Okay. Again. All right, Stuart. Thanks for the call. Yep. And uh, Joel, you have Karen. Hey, Karen. Hi, Peter. Yes, <laughs> oh. this is Karen from Hague. We've spoke, spoken yep. a few times. Yep. So I have a, a three 
three things. I hope I'll, I'll try not to take much time. Uh, one, number one, yes. I have an invisible pest. <clears throat> I have six Brussels sprout plants, seven of which are doing wonderfully, and poor number. No, wait, I have six and then seven. I don't know. That's not right. Five are doing wonderfully, <laughs> and one is um, being attacked by something invisible. Oh, okay. I'll go out in the morning and a leaf will be off. Okay. Not yeah. just not just eaten, but a leaf is down yeah. and then another yeah. leaf. And yep. So what you want to look for um, is a, is a, a root maggot, actually. And what you can do is take your finger and just sort of go around the plant and look to see if you can see any little wormy looking things in there. Um, okay. I have been able to forestall the, you know, the problem with those root maggots. Generally it's, it's a fatal disease. Um, but I have been able to, to, uh, resurrect them with, uh, just wood ashes, actually. I just take my finger, you know, as I was saying, just right around the, the stem and into the root zone and just sprinkle a little bit of, uh, uh, wood ash in there. Um, okay. you know, maybe a tablespoon or two even. And that seems to, um, uh, to set them back and actually kill them. So. Uh, that okay, that sounds like what you've got, and it's uh, I know it's happened to me, and I was uh, really perplexed. Is as you say, it's invisible. You know. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now, um, am I going to be worried about the other five, not the other seven, about the other five? Is I, that I would. That go- I would. I would sort of do a preemptive strike because uh, generally okay. it it it'll come. Uh, did you buy sets? Yes. Yeah. Uh, your plant starts. You, you, your seedlings. You bought, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. I've gotten mine from both of my regular people, and and uh, they've they've had the the root maggot in them on occasion. So, uh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. you know, it's so a it's not greenhouse. Not really much what you did. It's just it was there mm-hmm. uh, there at the start. Okay. So, uh, I'll try to protect the others. Then. Okay. All Number right. two. Uh, Number two, um, I had my soil analyzed, yeah. and um, things turned out pretty well, I think, yeah. using your yeah. combinations, but um, and my pH was seven. Uh, the two things that were high were phosphorus and potassium. Uh-huh, yeah. Now, is that something I have to try to adjust? I mean, I've already planted the garden, obviously, so what? No. Or is that, you you don't no. need to. It's just that you you know when you're doing it, you don't want to add. You know that's something you don't need. So what you want is something that has more nitrogen. You know than the potassium phosphate. More nitrogen. Yeah, the NPK. You can forget the P and the K. Um, how okay. was the the nitrogen level? Did it did it? The nitrogen level was. I have it in front of me. Um, well, it it doesn't. It just says you'll need a total of three point five ounces for every hundred square feet, uh-huh. and then it's um, applying best to apply the amount throughout the growing season. That's all they they didn't yeah. give me a, a number on them. Yeah. Well, so. uh, generally speaking, uh, if you you can put about a tablespoon per square foot. Um, it's a be a cup in a, in my four by four bed, just, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so there's a couple of high nitrogen fertilizers, fertilizers out there. Um, and, uh, the ProGrow people that, that do, um, you know, that have the, uh, with Northern Organics have a high nitrogen, 
Um, the one that I got, of course, was in like a 40 pound bag, which is enough for, right. you know, about three years. So, uh, the other yeah, thing you okay. can do uh, for nitrogen is do a foliar spray with uh, fish emulsion. Um, and that's a, that's pretty good source of nitrogen and it does, uh, um, it is fast acting, you know. Oh, okay. And so you can, uh, you can use that. But you still want to make sure that you're putting something <clears throat> in the soil that sort of breaks down slowly over the over the year, mm-hmm. over the season. So, Is that why they said mm-hmm. best to um, yes, yep. apply throughout the season? <clears throat> throughout yeah. the season. So you see yeah. the difference between uh, a water-soluble and the, the granular uh, uh, organic ones is your granular organic ones take a little time to break down. They have to have, sure. you know, the, the, the water acting on them and break them down and so that mm-hmm. you get the, the nitrogen, the MPK and all the other goodies. Um, mm-hmm. whereas a soluble one, well, like the, the fish emulsion, and there's a couple of good, uh, soluble fertilizers, uh, I'm trying to think of what the something frog, um, fertilizers, and they're, they're oh, pretty yes. good if you find the, the liquid ones, you can spray those on. And okay. Those are fast acting and they're already all sort of broken down into a form that the, that your plants can, um, can uptake. Utilize. Utilize, yeah. Yeah, great. Okay. Okay. Oh, number three, quickly then. Um, This is sort of a little thing between my husband and I. He thinks (laughs) I'm the only uh, farmer, at least around here, that grows lovage. Oh, no. Do you grow lovage? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Lovage is great. And um, I I am – I lovage. I love to make uh, uh, my own uh, broth, vegetable broth. Mm Mm-hmm. And lovage is, uh, gives it a nice sort of beef flavor, you know, a real dark right. color. And, and so I make these, uh, quart jars with, uh, dried mm-hmm. vegetables in it. And I put the, you know, the onions and the basil and the carrots and, uh, celery, the dried celery, but I also do the dried lovage in there. And, uh, the dried garlic and, you know, all these things that, that basically that one quart of dried vegetables makes a gallon of, uh, of broth and it makes a fantastic broth. There's all, and, and it's, it's fun. Uh, there's only one big problem with it is it's so much fun to make you want to give it for Christmas presents. So. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would, that would be good. At least, at least one year. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're making it, make enough for Christmas and yourself. Right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. My my plan is. Yeah. Yeah. Go through a lot of it. It's been there. I, for quite a few years, even it's not in a bed, it's, but yeah. we've built the beds around yeah. it. it. It's the center of the garden. Uh, it's a, definitely <laughs> a perennial for sure. And, uh, yeah, and uh, but what a lovely. great herb! It's it really adds a lot of yes. depth to your to your soups and right. And uh, I yes, can't say I, that I, it's so edible. You know, I'm I'm not sure. Have you ever tried right. it in a salad or anything like that? Um, I'll, I'll grab a leaf and eat it. You know, yeah. it is, you know just. <laughs> But uh, maybe it's good for breath. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it's it, sort of like a celery type, but, you know, kind of flavor. Oh, definitely. And, and, and yes, it's, that's and, what I call Yeah. So that, that works uh, works really well. 
Yeah. Okay. So well, that was no, my, my... you're um, uh, you're right in there. The lovage is something that I like a lot. So great, I guess you great. win that that argument. Sorry, buddy. Yes. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Karen, thanks for the three questions. That Thank was a lot of fun. Thank you very much for all your help. Yeah. Peter. Yeah. Bye, Joel. Bye. And uh, so I guess we'll have to take a break here. We'll be right back after these messages. Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont where you can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Bethel, Vermont. Go to dandelionacres.com for current operating hours and COVID caveats. And I do believe we have Nola. <laughs> Let me just push this button, and there we go. Okay. Hey, Nola. How are you today? Oh, good. How about yourself? Oh, I'm very happy. My dog, who was very sick yesterday, looks good today. Oh, good. For that, I am happy. So I just have a couple of critter stories to share, and I'll get out of your way. <laughs> okay. Do you know the song, All God's Critters? Yep. You do? Yep. Okay, well, they should add a few more verses. So, first um, first verse, it takes place in the greenhouse. I walk in the greenhouse the other day, and I think, oh, what a mess. Let's clean these pots up. I a big pile of eight-inch pots, and they weren't organized well. So I picked up pot one, pot two, picked up pot three. Boing! Mr. Garter Snake. What are you doing, you fool? Leave me alone. <laughs> So he literally jumped out and slithered away, and I felt so bad. It was mm. not a nice thing to do to oh. bother him during his meditative time. Uh, but yeah. it was good to see him He'll get in the greenhouse, it. which makes me very happy. Let's go hope he goes finds a cricket to eat. <laughs> I don't want him to eat crickets. I want him to eat grasshoppers. But I'll get to them in a second. So then uh, harvest day. Thursday is a harvest day. So yeah. I've got a wonderful old restaurant sink that a friend of mine gave me and it was all filled up with water brought the first basket of greens out dumped it in the water covered it with a nice safe cloth mm-hmm. went back for batch two come back with batch three pick up the cloth and there at the top of the greens were two red effets saying <laughs> what's going on <laughs> we were just um in the soil and what have you done <laughs> so I very carefully picked them up and put them back where they had been. <laughs> back to home, huh? Back to home. And then into the mudroom we go to pack the greens. And it's a nice, cool, clean mudroom. And I was packing away. It was very quiet. And I heard, fed him, <laughs> I looked at the floor and there was Tommy the Toad. Um, and so it was a week with many good friends to join me. And for that, I am grateful. Yeah. Another reason why gardening is more than just pulling weeds. That's for sure. That's and for I will, sure. And the fireflies have been out the, in, in mass over the last, uh, this last week. Fire, not here. Oh, no. no? They won't be out for a month here. Oh. Hmm. They, they, they take their time coming up the mountain. Oh, really? Are you going to have a 40-degree weather tonight? Are you? Is that what you're it's expecting? It's going to be cool tonight. Yeah. But I think everybody will. There's no eggplant outside. <laughs> um, but there are a few grasshoppers showing up in the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. And I put this out to people that might be concerned about grasshoppers. I've been spraying 
actually every other day with garlic barrier. Mm, mm. And this may come off as awful, but I saw a grasshopper the other day and I thought, how are you doing, bud? And I went <laughs> after him and he squished right up. No <laughs> jumping, no nothing. He just sat there and went squish. So apparently they are succumbing to the garlic barrier. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and that, at least they in have... the greenhouse, that's fine. So have... having said all of that, Yep. Let's keep gardening. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. And it brings a great deal of aggravation, but 25 times more time. And joy is a good thing. So For sure. Thank you. All right, Nola. We'll You'd talk to well. you next week. Well, um, so uh, let's see. Um, a couple of uh, a couple of uh, interesting uh, threads here, and one, of course, is planting different things now for um, for the fall. And this is a good time to really start uh, doing that. Mm, what did I call it? It was about the third planting, I think, of the season. Uh, the first one, uh, yeah, the first one in in April, as soon as the soil can be worked, and then the early things in May. Then, of course, Memorial Day. So that puts us at uh, planting number four is uh, for the uh, for the fall season. You know where we uh, there's a there's a lot of things to plant um, to uh, even a second planting of carrots, the braising greens, the, all the mustards, kale, collards, and all of your Asian greens and the little frizzy things. And uh, and then there's there are. Um, uh, you know, broccoli, uh, for sure. If you have the transplants, if you don't, um, choose a, a, a broccoli that, um, like broccoli rob. That's a, that's only a 40 day crop. So that, that's a good thing to be planting now. And, um, uh, oh, the list goes on. You know, Swiss chard, of course. Uh, cilantro is, is this is the time, particularly if you're planning on making, um, salsa and, in the fall with your tomatoes, um, plant your, your cilantro now so you'll have it, um, so you have it then. You want to, you know, put that off until about now, about midsummer. And, um, of course the daikon and the, um, you can even do a second planting of a bush type cucumber. This is a good time. Dill, of course, same thing as the cilantro. You want to plant it now so you have it for your canning. Kale, of course, you can plant beginning, middle, and whenever you want to. It just, it's just so hardy and, and, uh, uh, well, r- really very productive. Uh, peas, you can get another planting of. Radishes, you want to start doing your radishes. What I recommend for this time of year is the icicle one, the white one. It's a, it's a quite a bit more heat tolerant. This, that's not a, a daikon radish. That's just a regular old radish. It only grows about four inches uh, or so. Um, so uh, lots to lots to still, still plant. You want to keep planting so that you have that succession uh, for your um, for your supply of fresh vegetables from the garden. Um, I uh, my wife has a. Uh, I suppose this is a long story. I'll try and make it short. Um, uh, you know, I had a house fire last year and one of the, the, uh, one of the things we lost was my garden because we added onto the house and the, um, 
you know, we had to excavate and it all went on top of where my half of my garden is, uh, was uh, 20, 25, some, about 25 four by four beds in the lawn. And um, so uh, this fellow, Alan, who uh, was working with my wife to help her clean up and take some stuff and bring some bark and all that stuff, looked around over the yard that's just growing grass now and said, well, where's the garden? <laughs> and I, I got a good kick out of that because it ain't there. <laughs> I have the other half of my garden is on a terrace uh, up about, um, I don't know, 10 feet above where uh, where my other garden was and uh, so that's that's the other half now the interesting thing about this is um my wife has said you know I'm kind of enjoying having a lawn for a little while um can you just live with half that garden isn't it a lot of work so <laughs> you know oh shucks hun <laughs> but it um it it Anytime you have something like that happen, you know, the, the thing to do is kind of figure out how this is, how this constriction actually can be something that helps you. And one of, one of those things that, uh, of course, uh, Joel, you know, you bragged about your brother, mm-hmm. uh, in the containers. I finally said, well, you know, it's probably time for me to start figuring out how to replace those 24 beds that I lost. The 20, you know, uh, uh, with containers and give that a try because, uh, um, you know, that's, uh, there's a lot of people that just don't have the earth garden and, and have to do their gardening into containers. So I have the, the grow boxes that I mentioned and, uh, I have those, uh, the vertical containers, you know, the one with the 30, uh, scoops in it. So I'm pretty excited about, uh, you know, replacing 25 beds with those containers. You know, and Ed Smith's uh, second book is yep. a pretty, very thorough uh, guide to yep. uh, container gardening. Good one, too. Yeah, it's a great book, yeah. And uh, I I have a new book that's sent by my publisher called The Vertical Veg uh, Guide to Container Gardening by a guy named uh, Mark Smith. Another Smith, not not actually a relationship to our Smith, so um, Ed Smith, uh, I've been pawing through that, and uh, it is surprising how productive people can can make those uh, uh, containers. Well, you know, walking uh, in uh, Burlington, mm-hmm. uh, where the houses are close together and the lawns are small, some people mm-hmm. you know, make mm-hmm. boy make a get a lot of get a lot of mileage out of just a very small plot. It, yeah, and that's exactly what I'm I'm seeing in in this particular one. Uh, he lives in the middle of uh, London. <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, extra space is kind of rare, and he's growing them uh, all different ways. It, it's just, it's so fun to look at, you know, because he'll take and put a shelf up over a doorway or, you know, a planter in the front and, you know, right along the front wall, along the walkway, and uh, it's it's fascinating to see, so... 
Well, and even in downtown Manhattan, there are some terrific rooftop gardens. I don't know how many flat roofs you'll find in Vermont and uh, regular domiciles, but well, actually, most of your commercial buildings have a commercial buildings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you're an apartment building, you know, uh, I'm not sure how the landlord would like you bring it up. And once you start watering, you'll find out how how heavy water, yeah, how watertight. First of all, the roof is, and second of all. <laughs> how sturdy it is. One man's roof is another man's floor right. or a garden, yeah. <laughs> depending. Yeah, I've seen some pictures of those rooftop gardens, and I, I do I do sort of wonder, well, gee, I, I hope they check to see if they can take the weight, and, you know, uh, well, all that stuff. Well, obviously, it can take water because it takes rain and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But but anyway, that's a kind of a, a challenge, and, and uh, I will let you know how that goes. I'm, I'm really quite excited about that. <laughs> so... Um, if any, uh, if anyone out there has uh, some tips for me for uh, container gardening, I'd love to hear about it. Okay, I think we have another caller. We'll go to it uh, just directly. Okay. Your your first name in town, please. It's Randy from Waltham. Hey, Randy. How are you? Good, good. And you? Excellent. Today in the rain inside. <laughs> 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 What's going on? Oh, I've got some questions for Peter. Sure. Go right ahead. Okay. So um, I planted garlic two mm. years ago, mm-hmm. and we just used store-bought garlic, and we had a harvest you couldn't even believe this last season. Oh, fantastic. So we decided, well, hey, let's up this. Let's go to the garden center and get mm-hmm. four varieties of Mm-hmm. Garlic, and we just decide which one is best. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, all but and I planted a hundred bulbs. Yeah, this is bulbs. last fall or last fall. Yeah, yeah in in uh, October. Yeah, in late October, and this spring they were all rotted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, a couple of things that it could be. Um, were these store bought, or where did you get the garlic? They came from a garden center. Garden Center. Hmm. Uh, Our local Agway. How's that? Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. I was going to say sometimes uh, store bought has been treated with something to suppress it, it from from growing, uh, but that isn't the case. Uh, right. So what encouraged some... us to do that was we we bought just you know our regular. Store-bought, yeah. store-garlic, and yeah. put it in, and we had a harvest you couldn't believe. Yeah, right. Well, um, so you said you planted it in October? Late October, yeah. early November. Yeah, that's perfect. Sometimes uh, I have a couple garden buddies, and, and they've had that same problem. And the best I could figure out, this was over in Scranton, Pennsylvania, was that he put it in too early. And if it's, oh. it starts to sprout uh, a, a lot in in the fall, then uh, sometimes it just rots in the soil. Okay. But that doesn't sound like what you did. Um, you know, uh, there was one year when it was nice right up almost till Thanksgiving. And, right. But well, uh, it you know it didn't seem to be that it had sprouted. Mm. I was hoping it was going to sprout this spring and. Mm-hmm. I went and stirred around. And yeah. It was rotten, rotten, rotten. I got one from uh, uh, 
uh, terrestrial seeds. Uh, it was one that was a, I've never grown any soft neck before enough. It was a soft neck and I had exactly the same problem and I just okay. planted it and it's, you know, I, there was like one that sprouted and even that one died out after a short while. I was very disappointed in that. Huh. And I can't really say what, what caused it, you know, uh, it, basically right. it's guesswork, you know, um, and uh, uh, so it's like fishing, forever hopeful. It, it is. I do uh, tech support for a computer program, <laughs> and I, I said there is a category in tech support called voodoo, and and it's a real category. <laughs> you know? It's like I had no idea why that. I mean, there's reasons that it could be, but so, uh, it sounded like you've done everything perfectly. Uh, well, were, were they were they hard neck or soft neck varieties? You know, I can't. Remember, uh, there was four varieties that mm-hmm. we chose. Mm-hmm. Now, we just said, well, let's see what, what comes out. Yeah, and, right, right. Well, you know, you rolled the dice once and you came up snake eyes, so you're not. There you go. <laughs> so, another question. Yeah. Um, I put in a, an asparagus bed probably a dozen years ago, and yeah. we've enjoyed it forever. Oh, and that's I just great. retired uh, three years ago. Uh-huh. And I've gotten a little more into gardening. Yeah. And this year, our and I've done nothing to the bed. I yeah. mean, yeah. nothing at all. So yeah. this year we got predominantly, or right now still harvesting, just little pencil-sized mm, asparagus yeah. where in yeah. the past we've had just nice, beautiful. A nice well, big we fat one, thumb size, your thumb size, and you're getting yeah, finger, exactly. little finger size. So should I just rototill the whole thing? Oh, no, no, no. I think basically uh, uh, you answered your own question is uh, y- y- they need to be fed. You know, they need okay. they need to be fed uh, a couple of times every summer. And okay. what, you, what you're seeing is, uh, is, is a very natural thing is, uh, you know how when you have your daffodils, you have to separate them and, you know, otherwise they start growing smaller and smaller and smaller. Okay. You don't, you don't need to separate these roots. What you need to do is feed them and even consider watering them a few times during the summer because, yeah. uh, the, the, you know the fern tops is what yeah. what uh, nourishes those roots, and uh, you started out and got lucky, uh, and but now you're at the the end of the the new nutrition cycle. You know you need to add right. at a because it was a large bed, and yeah. of course we had a big call list that really wanted asparagus. Oh yeah, this year. <laughs> Sorry, of course. It's all ours. And Murphy's Law, there. Yeah. <laughs> so, another comment about uh, containers to yep. garden in. Oh yeah. And yeah. I don't know if this is bad or good or whatever. Yeah. But when you ride around and you see somebody's got one of the little kiddie pools out. Yeah. Beside the road. Yep. Put it in your car. Take it home. <laughs> Punch some holes in it with a pitchfork in the bottom, <laughs> fill it with garden soil, and have at it. I've got two of them going. No kidding. What? Tell me what you planted great. in them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got herbs and, yeah, and, yeah. and actually the garlic of last year. Oh, yeah. What a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it was, and plus you were on a string trimmer up against them and done the money. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> Well, enjoy well thanks. thanks for the container tip. I like that. Right. Take care. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Bye, Randy.
Oops. Sorry about that. Uh, we have Jim in, uh, is that Waysfield? Yeah, it is. That's Waysfield. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Jim. How are you? Oh, not bad. How about yourself? Good, good. So you started saying what you decided to spray your eggplants that were getting eaten, but you didn't say what you were going to spray them with. You said that earlier. Did I say I was spraying? Well, if I was... Said, yeah, I think you said you decided you were going to spray them. Uh, uh, um, uh, what, what, the bugs? what I would be using would be uh, the... My leaves are getting my, my leaves are getting eaten by something. Uh, I would try the Captain Jack. Um, Captain Jack. That's that's a that's a good overall. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, um, the uh, the flea beetles is it's not flea beetles. I think that, is that what you said. I think that's yeah. That'll be small. Those are d- definitely little little pinholes in the leaves. Yeah, it's little pinholes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can uh, you can spray those with the Captain Jack. You can spray yeah, those with any. The, the the general yep. Captain Jack, yeah. whatever they call yeah. it, dead uh, bug, dead if, bug yeah, that's it, Captain Jack. Uh, Spinosad, it's a biological, so yeah. like thergicide, and and it, it works on a whole host of the hard shell beetle type uh, okay. buggies. And uh, but if they're turning yellow, uh, no, you, no, yet, no. Oh, okay, I was going to say try a foliar uh, spray. Um, you know the the fish or the the sea kelp, one or the other, oh, okay. and okay. and make sure that. But I should probably out. cover them this tonight. That's that's was one of the things I've. I'm in a cold part too. of which. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> what what I do is I have this uh, what I call a hoop house, you know. And, yeah. And yeah. Uh, on each one of my four by four beds, I take a ten foot piece of three quarter inch uh, plastic pipe. You know, and just stick it in the ground on one side and stick it in the other, and it right. makes for about a 30-inch height, you know. Yeah. And then I'll take a piece of uh, fencing, four-foot fencing, the the two-by-three fencing, and I think it's about a 10-foot piece. And then I just take a, a plastic uh, tie, you know, uh, and tie them in three places on the on the bottom two corners and the, yeah. the top center. And then over that, I'll just take and put a single sheet of plastic. And what oh, ha- you actually put plastic. I, I put plastic. That white, that white cloth. Yeah, well, you can use the white cloth, but <clears throat> in this case, because I'm not really closing it up, uh, what I'm trying to do is as the heat radiates up, it captures enough of the heat that it keeps Oh, the plastic it, does. The yeah, plastic okay. does a better job of, of okay. capturing the heat. And because it's open on each end, the only thing you have to watch out for is it's not going to get the rain uh, water. Right. So, but I right. I water once a week anyway, even whether it rains or not. So. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's But tonight it seems like the next two nights are gonna be oh, down yeah. in the fifties. Yeah, this is you know, it really it's real important for those particular plants, uh, yeah. when they're if particularly if they're flowering. Because the flowers don't like that cold, so Yeah, yeah. Okay. And what else did you say? You said those peppers. Peppers and uh peppers and basil and uh, the basil uh, I have basil in pots, I just might bring them in tonight. Yeah. yeah. Good idea. But, yeah. In a container. Yeah, yeah, just in, in on the deck. <laughs> that sounds good. I, I find it, I, I, I find it much more successful. I've had six, many successful summers of growing basil with making, you know, 
quarts and quarts of, of pesto. Oh, isn't that great? Uh, That's the best yeah. stuff. Uh, much, much more successful than putting it in the ground. Oh, yeah. So, uh, like, how much, how many pots do you plant like that? Oh, I probably have now, I probably have like six or seven big big clay pots with, uh, oh. and sometimes I'll put flowers in them, you know. Oh, sure, I'll yeah. Disperse them with a flower or two. Yeah, yeah. But I'll bet I have six or seven. I probably, I probably have. 20 bits of plants going at this point. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds terrific. And, and so do you, um, do you, uh, cut the top off so that they get a yeah, little bushy? Yeah, I trim the, yeah, I trim the top off, usually the bottom, little bottom leaves. I, and mm-hmm. I harvest them all, you know, once they get mm-hmm. big, big enough, I keep harvesting them so mm-hmm. they keep growing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be because they're on the deck and I pay more attention to them than when they're down in the garden. <laughs> well, what a, what a wonderful thing is to get your hands in the basil and then, uh, then you smell that wonderful basil oh, I, on your hands all the time. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like perfume. Yeah. <laughs> to some. <laughs> to some, yeah. <laughs> to we still have pesto. I, I, I think I still have one container of pesto from last year. I have two. I have two in my freezer. I just checked yesterday because I was thinking to make some ravioli. I, I make a Christmas ravioli, I call it, you know, just for fun because I'll take half the ravioli and make it with a red sauce and half and make it with the pesto. Oh, oh, and and I serve them in two bowls and people sort of take as they, you know, as they wish. Right. Most right. common is the brown, you know, they mix the red and the green. And <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Who can resist? Anyway, well, well thanks for the call, Jim. Okay, I appreciate well, thank that. you. Good luck, yeah. Okay, take care. Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the Internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. And once again, here's Peter. Hey, Joel. Um, uh, yes, so you said, uh, was Cindy, Cynthia, was that? Uh, no, no, I, she didn't identify herself. Oh, oh, so oh yeah. All okay. the, well, we, we've had a lot of calls, some of them off the air. Oh, okay. You know, all right, good. Well, um, yeah, asparagus, we were just talking about, um, and, uh, uh, the general, uh, formula for asparagus is a 431, more or less. It's more nitrogen than phosphorus or potassium. Um, what, uh, probably the simplest thing is, is as I mentioned, uh, uh, before the Northern Organics, uh, the red bag, the, the high nitrogen bag, the, that one is probably the one that you would want, um, for your asparagus. And it should say right on the bag how much, uh, generally be of a, about, um, a tablespoon per square foot, depending on your bed size. Um, you know, the, it might be a cup or two cups or three cups. And, uh, you can apply that a few times during the summer. Matter of fact, it should say on the bag what, what you, you know, how often to plant it. But, you know, the, they're heavy feeders and, um, even after they, you know, you produce them, you want to make sure that you, uh, feed them and water them and all that other good stuff. Um, just because they're growing, you know, and they, the ferns are all look fine, you know, they still need to be fertilized. Um, you could use instead just, uh, blood meal, you know, Epsom, Espoma has the, um, 
just the straight blood meal that you can use. And again, just read the bag and, and put it on according to their recommendations. Uh, that's another good uh, source. I kind of like the Northern Organics, um, but all of those are available from Blue Seal and, and Agway and all those, uh, you know, the places. Uh, and uh, let's see, what else would we do for that? Sometimes uh, one thing you have to watch on your asparagus is if they have those little red bugs, which is the asparagus beetle. And those are uh, cyclical, just like most bugs. You'll see them. We've we had them one year, and it took us about three years of spraying with the um, with the Captain Jack uh, dead bug to finally get rid of them. And so they do some damage as far as uh, eating up the ferns later on. And one of the signs that they're around, of course, is when your asparagus come up and the the tip has a little curl to it. So that's one thing to watch for. Um, other than that, uh, you know, the the watering, and the, you know. Now some people put uh, salt down, <laughs> just regular old calcium chloride or sodium chloride, the the rock salt, and and uh, I tried that one year, and it really didn't do much for keeping the weeds down and all the rest. But you'll notice that uh, asparagus are very salt tolerant, more or less. You, I know out in Pennsylvania where my dad's farm is, uh, uh, you can see asparagus growing all along the roadsides because they, they have that salt, and that's one of the things that tolerates the salt, you know. It's, it's sort of like those little yellow flowers that grow, you know, all around the dirt roads in, in Vermont here. Those seem to be very salt tolerant. Well, we're, we're close to the end of the program, but we're not going to say no to a listener calling in. So uh, let's see. This could be our ultimate or penultimate call. Good morning or good afternoon. Your first name in town? Uh, Miss, Miss Dial, thank you. <laughs> okay, no problem. I guess it was the penultimate. <laughs> uh, well, that, that could be it. Could be the uh, could be the uh, final call of the day, unless somebody wants to come right in. Uh, don't see. Uh, don't well, see Joel, any. you've been very. Uh, this hour has gone so quick, hasn't it? My goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, I just want to thank everybody for your calls and and uh, all you folks who are listening. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. This is fun. And uh, if any of you have some some container advice, call me next week, and uh, we'll be on next week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no no Red Sox? I believe we're okay. All right. Yeah. Well, so far, so good. Yeah, Red Sox <laughs> play Saturday evening against... Uh. Still getting used to this against the Cleveland, yeah. not the uh, not yeah. the uh, Indians, Indians but, the, but who are they now? The, are they the Gladiators? Or Close. The, it's a G. It's a G. Um, the Guardians? The Gardeners. You know, you got it right. The Guardians. <laughs> the, gar- the Gardeners, yeah. Right, right, right. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be something? I, I, I was watching a stand-up comedian uh, the other day who uh, it was a was born in the country – India, 
Yeah. And he said he would prefer that the Cleveland baseball team keep their original name and make him the mascot. He said because he needed a job. But no, they are the Guardians. Okay. okay. All right. All right. They're not the Cleveland Gardeners. Gardeners. I don't know how much gardening is done in Cleveland these days. Oh, there's lots of gardeners. Probably. probably. But probably not in the Jake. No. No, Absolutely. Well, although grass, you know, it's pretty tricky to grow and they, they grow some beautiful grass there. I mean, you know, like, you know, not pot, but... (laughs) That too, though, I'm sure. A few of those rooftop gardens. (laughs) Right. That's probably the Actually, they don't do it on the roof. It's with the grow lights inside. Oh, my. Yeah, Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago uh, doing, when I was full-time news here, you know, uh, the uh, legal authorities picked up on the fact that you know, a few just regular little Vermont houses that mm-hmm. had an electric bill that was like 40 times <laughs> what the house next door had. They, like, were, they were filling a propane tank every other day. Right? Yeah, they might. They, these, these, these people might not just be watching lots of reruns of, uh, you know. You think? <laughs> at any rate. So, uh, final words. And Those we'll days get ready are gone. for next week. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Uh, well, watch out for this cold weather. Uh, you know, cover uh, if you can or bring in if you can, uh, because 40 degrees will set back a lot of those uh, a lot of those tender uh, things. And uh, I guess that's it. Yeah, let me know. Call next week if you have advice on the containers. Um, with that, I will see you in the garden next week. Inch by inch, row by row. Gonna make this garden grow All it takes is a rake and a hoe And a piece of fertile ground Inch by inch, row by row Someone bless these seeds I sow Someone warm them from below Till the rain comes tumbling down In the Garden today has been brought to you by The Willie Store, family owned since 1900 in Greensboro by Poly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington. One call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and more in Waitsfield. Sticks and stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Go to sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. By PNR Lumber, Route 15 in Walcott, family milled lumber for all your projects. See them on Facebook as well. By Guy's Farm and Yard, if it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Online at guysfarmandyard.com. And by Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel, they bring you the WDEV In the Garden podcast. Dandelion Acres, they're online at dandelionacres.com. Join us next Saturday at 12.30 in the noon hour for In the Garden with Peter Burke here on WDEV. Someone bless these seeds I sow Someone warm them from below Till the rain comes tumbling down
Till the rain comes tumbling down 